So tonight, um, before we get started in the main message, we're going to be uh, going through chapter, uh, I, didn't, I didn't mark it in here, but I believe it was chapter 5 that we did this week. Um, nope, chapter 6, uh, Developing Your Spirit. And uh, what a wonderful chapter it was, and we're looking forward to some good things. And that uh, chapter I'm talking about is from a book uh, by Mark Brzee called The Guide Inside. Let me see, there you go, you can see it. The Guide Inside. And so if you don't have that, I think you can get it on Amazon for like, I don't know, $9 if you like the Kindle version. And if you like the uh, paper version, it's probably like almost $18 or something like that. But if you get it from our church, uh, it's free. Um, and so uh, if you can sow a seed just to defer some of that cost, that's a blessing to us. Otherwise, uh, you know, uh, we have several copies uh, uh, in our portable church setup. And uh, we'd be happy to share uh, some of those with you. All right. So let's turn in Philippians, uh, the Bible, to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to worship the Lord uh, with our tithes and offerings before we get started in the chapter tonight. And, uh, you know, with all of the financial talk going around, I don't know about you, but uh, my mind really can't comprehend uh, $2 trillion, let alone $6 trillion that... Uh, the government's thrown around as far as like figures that they're they're wanting to approve right now and um so those numbers just boggle my mind i just know they're very very big and um i don't even think a trillionaire exists yet in the world and uh i just know that's a lot a lot of money and so uh amidst all of this uh, you know uh, the thoughts come like what about finance and you know, not only your personal finance, but maybe friends, family, maybe the country, uh, maybe future generations, what's going on. And so, uh, you know, it, it's um, pretty apparent to me that what the world is facing uh, with this whole situation is just really a wake-up call that uh, there are so many things that are so beyond man's ability to produce results, in, you know, in the fashion that we would like them uh, to be produced, that uh, you have to continually remember uh, that we are nothing without God and that we look to Him. He has the answer for every single situation. Uh, I think Jesus said it best in Mark eleven twenty two when He said, have faith in God. So right now, if you're thinking financial challenges or whatever other challenges, maybe um, you know, you're an extrovert and you're very challenged right now because you're like, man, there's not enough people. There's not enough people. I need more people. Well, have faith in God and, uh, you know, maybe go for a walk and stay six feet away from everybody while you go for a walk and you'll see them and you could talk with them at, at a distance. And, um, you know, <laughs> there's different challenges that, 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 um, each of us could face, but, the answer for every single one is faith in God. In other words, you, you trust in God. You look to God. And uh, the arm of man is not that strong uh, and is not that long. But uh, the arm of God is all-powerful, and it extends uh, in every direction to the greatest extent uh, that exists. So Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to read first of all in the King James, and then I'm going to read in the Passion Translation. And in Philippians chapter 4, uh, verse 14 says, Notwithstanding, we, uh, you have done well that you did communicate with my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again to my necessity. 
not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I'm full, having received from Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now let's look real quick at the Passion Translation uh, of those uh, same verses. And I'll begin in verse 14. You so graciously provided for my essential needs during this season of difficulty. For I want you to know that the Philippian church was the only church that supported me in the beginning as I went to preach the gospel. You were the only church that sowed into me financially. And when I was in Thessalonica, you supported me for well over a year. I mention this not because I'm requesting a gift, but now listen to this. I, I, I really liked how uh, Passion said this. I mention this not because I'm requesting a gift. So Paul's saying, I'm not asking you for a gift. You, you, already, you already sent a gift. I'm not asking you for another gift uh, at this moment, you know. I mention this not because I'm requesting a gift, but so that fruit, uh, the fruit of your generosity may bring you an abundant reward. You know what that tells me? Is that uh, we have to understand when we are generous that the fruit of our generosity will bring us a reward. In other words, I really like this because Paul is talking about not their giving that they're doing today, but their giving that they have already done. And he said, I want fruit to abound to your account. But I mention this um, not because I'm requesting the gift, but I want fruit, that fruit of generosity, that it may bring an abundant reward to you. It will bring an abundant reward to you. Uh, I now have all I need, more than enough. I'm abundantly satisfied, for I have received the gift you sent by Epaphroditus and viewed it as a sweet sacrifice perfumed with the fragrance of your faithfulness, which is so pleasing to God. Think about that. Our faithfulness in financial things is so pleasing to God. It's like a sweet fragrance that fills the atmosphere. Uh, you can actually fill the atmosphere with a sweet fragrance through your giving. Verse 19, he said, I'm convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need you have. For I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through the anointed one, Jesus Christ. And my God shall supply all of your needs. So he's saying, you know, you have given and given, and I'm not even talking about you giving again right now. I mentioned this uh, not to request a gift, but so that the fruit of your generosity may be an abundant reward to you or may abound to your account. And so uh, fruit is abounding to your account. You've made a sweet smelling savor to the Lord. It is an awesome way to worship God in your giving and in your receiving. So, uh, you know, maybe you didn't get a chance to give on Sunday or you'd just like to sow another seed tonight, worshiping the Lord, thanking God, loving on the Lord. Um, you know, let each one of you give as you purpose in your heart uh, because God loves a cheerful giver. So, uh, you know, uh, you don't have to give, but you get to give. We don't have to give, but we get to give. It's a, it's a great opportunity we have uh, to sow seed into the kingdom of God. Uh, who knows what the world's doing right now, but we know what God is doing, and we know that His work is eternal. His work is everlasting. So let me pray with you uh, uh, over your gifts and um, as we've received the word concerning giving and receiving. Father, we thank you 
that you are our source and our supply, that you shall supply all of our need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you for being such a good source, such a good supply that never dries up, that never weakens, that's never without. But you are abundant and you share your abundance with us. We thank you for your provision in our personal lives, in our church, in our businesses, in everything uh, that we put our hands to, that it prospers. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Prayed so hard that the, uh, the, the thing here tipped over. There we go. All right. Must have been like a mighty force. All right. Oh, like, let's go to our um, book study, The Guide Inside, Chapter 6. The Guide Inside, Chapter 6. And uh, he starts out with Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. And when we come together, I don't know if uh, uh, I'm going to ask Jeremy, are, are we up on Church Online tonight? So we're on Church Online. So maybe um, uh, you can um, post a question there if you have a question on the chat. I assume there's somebody watching the chat. Maybe Leah's hosting the chat or something like that. But, um, you know, we probably can't get to all the questions. But if you have some questions, then you could uh, post a question on there. We can interact just a little bit. Um, but uh, whenever we get to come together in person, uh, we can go over some of this. So what I would encourage you to do is, you know, just highlight, uh, take note of like your, your uh, favorite passages. And um, when we come together, maybe we can't go through every little detail like we had been before. Um, but we could, um, you know, just go over some of the things that really, really stood out to you. So don't let, it get, let, excuse me, don't let them get away from you. Uh, because you have the Spirit of God, and um, you know He'll draw your attention to certain things, and that is for you and for other people, uh, so it'll be a blessing to you. Proverbs 20, 27 says, The human spirit, in the NIV, is the lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's inmost being. Uh, the lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's inmost being. And a lot of times I don't enjoy the NIV translation, but that's actually a pretty decent translation that the spirit of man is the light of the Lord that sheds light on our inmost being. In other words, um, our spirit, the Lord is going to use our spirit to shed light or uh, to search the innermost part of our being and personality of who we are. There's no limit <coughs> to how well we can hear from God if we develop and train our spirits. In other words, um, the second that you're born again, you're made a new creature in Christ Jesus, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God, you know, who has reconciled us to himself. In other words, uh, when you become a new creature, uh, don't make the mistake of thinking, that you have done something so amazing that God decided to make you a new creature. No, uh, someone did something so amazing, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus did something so amazing that we could be made brand new, uh, a creature that never existed before, made in the likeness and the image of God, uh, recreated in Christ Jesus. In other words, recreated in the anointed one of God and his anointing. That's how we were recreated. And so we're, we're recreated um, by the power of God and by the Spirit of God. And our new life is hid with God in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. That is good news. Um, and so uh, he's talking this whole chapter about developing your spirit. 
And uh, we really don't have time even uh, just tonight to go through every aspect of what that would be. Uh, but it's so important that you develop your spirit. You know, if you were going to um, develop your body, uh, it can take some time to develop your body. In fact, I've got my wife on a little training program uh, to develop in jogging and running. And um, so it's taken her a little bit of time uh, to do this. And so if you could see her, she probably doesn't want to be seen right now. But, you know, she's been a little extra tired because she's not used to using some of those muscles, even though she's very active normally. But uh, she's just not used to jogging. And so uh, it takes some time to do that. And um, I'm sure I'll pay for this later. And so... Uh, you know, it takes me time to develop when, I, when I'm jogging, if I've been out of shape or anything like that. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. And so, uh, you know, be encouraged as you develop uh, your spirit, or I like to say develop uh, yielding your whole being to spiritual things. Uh, be encouraged because uh, you'll be, as you continue to develop, you'll be more developed tomorrow than you are today and next month than you are this month and next year than you are this year. And so, um, you know, Paul and the, the Word of God really uh, equates uh, spiritual growth many times to natural growth. He said to the Corinthians, he said, you know, you should be ready for meat, uh, but you're not. You're still babes. You're just ready for milk. And he said, you know, there's so many things I want to tell you, but I can't tell you right now because, you know, you're still babes. And so I just encourage you, you know, eat the milk of the Word or drink the milk of the Word that you can grow by that. And as you grow, um, th there is no uh, way to tell the end of where God will take you and what He will show you and reveal to you. And so um, developing the human spirit is one of the most vital things you could, you could ever do in your life, um, developing spiritually. Praise the Lord. Um, the bottom of page 45, <clears throat> he said, Later I began to see a successful Christian walk as not only learning good Bible messages. It's about developing the inward man, training and developing the human spirit. In other words, if you don't develop your, your human spirit, you can hear sermon after sermon after sermon, and without developing in your spirit, you just become like the Corinthians church. You know, you're still a babe in Christ, uh, but God wants us to come on up and come on up to maturity. And, um, you know, one of my favorite um, things concerning this, stories, is really uh, from Kenneth Hagin, and, you know, he, um, for years, you know, he was just kind of like, you know, growing in the Lord and studying the things of the Word, and, <clears throat> you know, he got, as pastor in a church, and he got a little bit, uh, I don't know if you call it frustrated, or but he was dissatisfied, we could say that, he was dissatisfied with uh, people in his church, and he said, he's like, uh, I just think they're just a bunch of backslidden people just need to get right with God, like, what is going on, you know? And, um, but he said that the Lord took him through the first three chapters of 1 Corinthians and totally changed his whole ministry. And he said, because before the Lord said, you would have said that. He said, that's exactly what I would have said. I would have said, you bunch of backslidden buzzards need to pray through and get right with God. He said, but then I saw how the Lord dealt with them in Corinthians, the Corinthian believers, um, who were very carnal believers. And, um, instead of, you know, trying to like say, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, why are you doing this, why are you doing that? Uh, basically, you walk in love and uh, you, you help them grow and develop. Well, that's a sign of spiritual development when you can do that, you know, and when you, if you, if you kind of have the other 
uh, mindset of, well, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? They should stop doing this. They should stop doing that. That's just an indication that you're a baby, spiritual babe, you know, and that you can, you can grow uh, uh, out of that into adolescence and then into spiritual adulthood um, to where, uh, you know, your goal is really not to correct someone, but your goal is to encourage them, admonish them concerning the Word of God. There is some, some correction like that, but all done in love. Uh, and that we walk in love. And so developing the human spirit is, is so vital and so critical uh, to leading the kind of life that Jesus paid for us to live. Well, he goes through this chapter and he lists three important things. Number one, feeding on the Word of God. Number two, uh, praying in other tongues. And number three, meditating in the Word of God. And so I want to talk to you uh, for just a couple minutes about feeding on the Word of God. And um, I don't know if we're getting questions or whatever, but if we're getting questions, somebody could maybe show me some questions once I uh, get through part of this or whatever. In other words, you're not going to distract me if you want to bring them over. Um, and so, he, feeding on the Word of God. So, not just reading the Word of God. Uh, you need to read the Word in order to feed on it, but we're talking actually feeding on the Word of God. Remember, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Or how I like to say it is uh, I like to put the Greek word in there uh, for the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God or the spoken word of God or the word that God makes real to you. But faith comes by hearing and hearing. And so the first hearing is you have to hear, like physically hear. Like I hear, you can hear these words as long as the internet feed's working. Uh, you can hear these words that are coming out of my mouth uh, with your natural ear. Well, you can hear a lot of things, and there are a lot of things to hear. There's many voices in the world, and none of them lack significance, the Bible says. Uh, but that's the first hearing. Well, the second hearing is attentively listening. So faith comes by hearing and attentively listening to what God is saying or to what God has said. In other words, um, think about this. Uh, Jesus said, be careful what you hear and be careful how you hear. And then in Romans, the Holy Spirit said, faith comes by that hearing or that attentively listening to the revelation of God or to what God reveals to you or shows to you. So if you're um, reading a scripture, you feed on the word and feeding on the word lets his word speak to your heart and hear in your heart what his word is saying. So what does that mean? Well, if, if I'm going to look uh, at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I like Amplified better. It says, Don't fret or have any anxiety about anything, uh, but in everything by prayer and uh, thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Well, I can hear that even as I read it, but do I really hear it? In other words, am I attentively listening to it? Because... I want to let His Word speak to my heart. Not just my head, but I want His Word to speak to my heart. In other words, I want to hear what He is saying in my heart. This is very important because this is where faith is at. And so we have the written Word of God. He has said these things to us, particularly in the New Testament. We have like 132 to 134, depending on how you count them, scriptures that tell us who we are and what we have in our union with Christ. Well, 
you could read those and you could just uh, hear them only with like a natural hearing, but not let them penetrate deep within your heart, right? Well, then you're just going to have mentally agreed to that. You're going to say, okay, yeah, that's true. I know that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But you want that reality that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus to find its life spring in your innermost being and personality. Why? Well, because when that word from God strikes you at the core of your being, it produces after its own kind. So now when that strikes you uh, uh, in your innermost being and personality, then your whole demeanor is changed. Now instead of coming to God uh, out of fear or timidity or um, unsteadiness, you come as a child to a father of love, knowing that you are accepted, not rejected, knowing that you are loved, not pushed away, knowing that you are invited and uh, encouraged to come, and knowing that uh, there is joy in that place where God dwells. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. So actually, instead of uh, dreading going into the presence of God, instead of um, feeling guilty because maybe you haven't performed according to the standards you have placed on yourself or someone else has placed on you, uh, man, you can just come running in to your place of rest and joy and peace and strength uh, and acceptance, you know, that God loves you uh, no matter what's going on. His love for you never fails. Uh, a lot of things, a lot of people can fail you, but uh, His love will never, ever fail you. And uh, he, he wants you to come in. And so we have to receive what He has said in our hearts. And this is why it's so important to develop in spiritual things and develop spiritually. Because as you develop spiritually, uh, you're able to receive the things that God has promised you and that God wants to show you. Uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he said, you know, there's so many things I want to tell you, but you're not ready. You can't handle them. You can't receive them because you're, you're just ready for milk. Well, uh, it shouldn't have been that way. They should have been ready for the meat of the word. And the meat of the word is not a bad thing. And the things of the spirit are not a bad thing. Uh, you know, what, what happens so many times, you know, the Lord said to me, I don't know how many years ago now, probably eight years, maybe longer. Um, let's see how long we live here. Oh, yeah, probably like 10 or 12 years ago. And so the Lord said to me concerning ministry, he said, never minister out of offense. Never minister out of offense. What does that mean? Well, I don't know everything that that means. Uh, but some of the things I know that it means is, um, you know, particularly like someone that operates in the office of a prophet. I remember Kenneth Hagin, the times he got in trouble with the Lord were where he diminished his prophetic ministry. Uh, and the reason he did that is because he said, I don't want to be grouped in with a bunch of these kooky people, you know, saying like, this is the Lord, the Lord's saying, this is what the Lord's saying. You know, everybody that says this is what the Lord's saying is not saying what the Lord is saying. If you, if you haven't, don't know that, you haven't been very far yet, that's okay. Um, and so, you know, you just, you kind of withdraw the flesh, withdraws from that. And so what he did is he kind of withdrawed and said, well, I'm just not going to really prophesy or operate in that office anymore. And, you know, that got him on the devil's territory because uh, he's called, he was called to operate in that office. Well, um, you know, you could see someone do something that, that just kind of like, um, 
uh, was wrong and not according to the will of God. And because of what you saw, you pulled back. You know, you might have had a bad experience with somebody telling you, you know, um, you know, fake dreams or fake visions or may. And, and so therefore, you don't think any dri- uh, uh, vision or, or dream is real, even though it could be from God, because God still gives dreams and visions sometimes. And so you could pull back from that or you could pull back because, um, you know, uh, maybe people just ministered in a completely natural way, kind of apart from the spirit of God. And, you know, uh, maybe they had lots of um, uh, production involved in their services and stuff like that. And so because of that. Anytime you see like production or lights or cameras, you, you kind of pull back or that that church must not be of the Lord. Well, you're 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 uh, operating out of offense because maybe you saw someone that legitimately was missing God in that area. Um, but you've let that affect you negatively. And so then, therefore, you go and you're kind of a, a prophet for those type of things like churches should never have this or churches should never do this. You know, I'm just trying to pull up some some different examples. And so. The Lord said to me, never minister out of offense. And it's amazing if you check up on the things that you are ministering to other people, how easily it is uh, to have a situation or a person or something offend you. And then uh, you kind of try to carry that to other people. But we are to preach the word and teach the word. And so, you know, uh, if the people that you're praying for, for healing, if they die while your hands are on them, that doesn't change the Bible. The Bible's still true. Uh, we were healed by the stripes of Jesus, you know, and, um, you know, so uh, not everybody will be healed because you lay hands on them in the name of Jesus. I, I've got news for you. Somebody said, whoa, 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 what do you mean about that? And I said, well, not everybody that Jesus uh, wanted to minister to healing was healed. Uh, those in his own, own hometown, it says he could not do any mighty work there except his, he laid his hands on a few people with minor ailments when translation said because of what? Their unbelief. And so uh, your faith can always work for you, but your faith can't always work for somebody else, right? Well, because somebody said, well, no, that's not true. Well, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about Jesus, right? The king of kings is he. <laughs> and so there's a little song, you know, uh, old song about that. Well, Jesus uh, do you have more faith than what Jesus had? That's my question, right? Do you have more faith than what Jesus had? Well, he, he, he is the Word, and He was the Word, and He will evermore be the Word. And so, no, you don't have more faith than Jesus. I'll help you with the answer. <coughs> and so, um, you know, He couldn't do many things there because they're unbelief. Now, that doesn't mean that you just throw people away because they have unbelief. What did He do? He went about teaching and preaching Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so the cure for unbelief is, you know, hearing the word in your heart. And so we want to hear the word in our heart. Faith comes by hearing in your heart what God is saying in his word to you. Let me say that again. Faith comes by hearing in your heart what God is saying in his word to you. I'm going to say it one more time. (laughs) Faith comes by hearing in your heart. Not your head, but your heart. What God is saying in his word to you. What does that mean? Well, uh, Kenneth Hagin used to to have us say all the time, uh, the Bible is God speaking to me. And then he'd have us all repeat it. Say say that with me. The Bible, 
Hey, Bob, how about you just say it with me right now? All right. Say, the Bible, the Bible is, God is God speaking to me. Well, if you really believe that, when you come and you approach the Word, what is your demeanor? In other words, uh, what are you expecting to happen? So I wrote a few things down here. Um, if you're going to hear or attentively listen, well, then you want to lean in to hear. In other words, you lean into what God's saying in His Word. And then uh, you're going to listen, but not just with your ears. You're going to listen also, and most importantly, with your heart. And then number three, um, you're going to listen with an expectation of what he's going to say or an expectation to receive something from God, right? You look on him to receive. How do you do that? Well, I look through the word to him from my spirit, like we're talking about locating your spirit, the spirit of man, the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, I'm looking from my spirit, um, to receive from God. So I'm not so much looking for intellectual stimulation. Uh, I'm looking for spiritual upbuilding or spiritual understanding that he gives when I read his word. So let me read that uh, quote again. Faith comes by hearing in your heart what he is saying in his word to you. All right. So listening with an expectation to receive. And then uh, what's this? Number four, seek to hear, right? We seek to hear. Uh, we will find him when we seek him with all of our heart, right? And so we're seeking in the word to hear from God. If, if, you, if you approach the word of God this way, to feed on his word this way, it will change your life in the word and it'll change your relationship with God. Because every successful prayer life is based and founded upon His Word in your heart. His Word in your heart. I, Psalm 119, I have hid your word. I, I, I like, um, I think it's uh, New American Standard. I'm not sure on that though. Uh, but the translation says, I have treasured your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've treasured it. In other words, I've put it in the most um, sacred and valuable uh, place of my heart, the most protected place of my heart, that I might not sin against you. And so we seek God through His Word to hear what He's saying to us or to grab hold inwardly of the reality of His Word. And he, Jesus said, I have, I'm going to go away, but I'm sending you the spirit of truth or the spirit of reality, my spirit, so he can transmit everything that I have to you, everything that God has to you, so that you can receive everything. That's why he said it's better for you that I go away. Remember, he said it's better. And I, I just always want to picture myself as one of the disciples on the earth with Jesus uh, right then and think like, I mean, I have never seen things like this. The lame walk, the blind see, uh, I mean, the, the waves, you just walk on them, like with the wind blowing severely and waves going up and down and up and down so that any man looking after the natural would, could not do it. And even if they started in faith, like Peter would sink, but Jesus didn't sink, he just stood there. And he said, you know, hey, 
I want to let you guys know you're the closest people to me here on the earth. It's better for you. I'm leaving, and it's, be- it's good for you, right? And you're like, are you serious? Why? Because they could only be so close to him in an earthly relationship. But when they were recreated in him by the Spirit of God and his own spirit came to dwell on the inside of them. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, that what uh, man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, no man knows the spirit of God except for God's own spirit. In other words, God gave us the most intimate part of himself. And so Jesus said, it's better for you because you're going to get the most intimate part of me. You're going to be closer to me than you are now. You think you've watched me walk on the water. You've watched me um, heal the sick, raise the dead. Now I'm going to live in you and I'm going to still do the same thing. And now instead of you seeing my hand there, you're going to see your hand there. But it's not your power that's doing it. It's my spirit that lives on the inside of you. And my spirit will animate you if you will yield to him. Right. And so what we're learning is to develop in spiritual things to such an extent that we are conscious of the indwelling presence of God himself. And when we're conscious of that, well, then he's there speaking all the time. Like he has utterance for you, words for you and actions for you, answers to situations. He has uh, great ideas. He has solutions to mysteries that have baffled mankind. Right. And he has them for those who will but yield and listen. And so uh, that was number four. Seek to hear. Uh, Number five, inquire. In other words, ask. Say, Lord, uh, I'm looking to your word right now by my spirit. Make this real to me. You said you would do it. That's what you said the Holy Spirit would do. My expectation is that right now. And in what? Well, ask in faith, believing you receive, so you're thankful. So, Lord, I thank you that as I read your word, It's going to come alive to me like never before. I'm going to see things in here I've never seen before. Well, if that is from your heart, your expectation, you better put your seatbelt on and buckle up. Put the bar down on the roller coaster because you're going for a ride. I'm telling you what, you know, they got these now that do more than 180 down like you get this air time. You better get ready for some thrill uh, because the, the life of faith is a life full of adventure. Hallelujah. It's an exciting life. All right. And then number six, recognize. Recognize the voice of the Spirit. Recognize the voice of your own spirit. You know, be conscious of. So all this is about attentively listening. So I I, uh, kind of was seeking the Lord and looking for words that, that I could put down that could express how we drill in. Uh, go deep into these things to be able to ascertain uh, what the voice of the Lord is. And then, you know, he mentioned it over here. I believe it's on, that sounded like I was a teenager, didn't it? Okay, I believe it's on page 48, uh, Jude verse 20. But, um, well, well, let's see what time it is. Yeah, Jude verse 20. Uh, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Uh, so number two, uh, you know, he had those three things and the first thing was feeding on the word of God. And number two was praying in other tongues. Number, number three then is meditating, but number two, praying in other tongues. And so praying in other tongues kind of tunes up your spirit or uh, like Paul said in first Corinthians 14, when I pray in an unknown tongue, uh, uh, my spirit is edified, but my mind is unfruitful. 
right? So praying in other tongues will edify your spirit. Uh, that's like uh, charging. Uh, this is over on page 49. It's charging like you'd charge a car battery. And um, my alternator in my van right now is not working, so therefore my car is not working because it had a charge, but it's lost its charge because it needs to be edified constantly. And every time you turn your car on, that alternator is edifying your battery. It's edifying it. And so some cars have so many electronics in them that if that alternator quits and say you're on a 30-minute drive, before the end of the 30-minute drive, if your battery is not a strong battery, uh, your car is going to quit because that car is operating other things electronically that help it to, to work uh, correctly. And so um, when I pray in an unknown tongue, it's like charging the battery of my spirit. It's like that alternator's boom, 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 boom. So what happens? You think if I don't pray in, in an unknown tongue, it's like my alternator's turned off. And now I've just got the reserve power in my battery that starts to be depleted, right? And so uh, Isaiah um, 28, 11 uh, says, this is the rest, this is the refreshing, right? Before that, he said, with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to this people? Uh, this is the rest, this is the refreshing, uh, speaking of speaking in other tongues. He said, but they would not hear. So a lot of people don't want to hear it. And they say, well, I don't really want to hear all that type of stuff. Well, that's fine, but don't expect to be edified, right? And so uh, praying in an unknown tongue will edify you. And then prophecy will edify other people. So you're here from other people. But there is some difference about praying in other tongues to be personally edified. It charges you up in your spirit and by your spirit. Well, number two, meaning for edify, he said, and I had never seen this uh, before I read this book. He said, uh, it also means is to edify, to build up like a construction crew, that they would edify, um, edify this building or, or construct this building. Um, uh, Amplified Bible of verse 20 says, it'll rise like an edifice higher and higher. Well, I really like that because, you know, as I was... Uh, uh, spending time with the Lord and just some other things, uh, I started to get some uh, more light on Jude 20 and 21, which um, my wife's smiling at me, but I'm probably not going to share that with you tonight. I'll share that with you maybe in a, in a teaching tomorrow or that I'll record tomorrow or whatever, but I may get to it. We'll see. And, um, but it'll rise like an edifice higher and higher. And so here's the thing. To be filled with the Spirit and pray in other tongues is such a blessing because you locate and isolate your spirit and the Holy Spirit. You locate and isolate your spirit and the Holy Spirit, you know? And um, I, I kept getting that word earlier today, isolate, and I thought, that just doesn't, in my head, I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would I want to isolate the Holy Spirit? Like I'm going to put him in quarantine, you know? <laughs> or put my own spirit in quarantine? What is that, you know? But it kept coming up, and I'm like, what is that? What is that? Well, it's kind of like this. Now, when I was a kid, my dad uh, would take and he could like raise one eyebrow. And um, so I'm like, how do you raise one eyebrow? He's like, well, you have to isolate that muscle. And so only that muscle moves. Like if I was going to isolate this one, I could do that. Oh, man. You know, like I saw someone do it as a kid, my dad and somebody else. And you know how I wanted to do that? And how I tried to do that, but I had to like learn how to isolate that muscle. And so now I can do it. Let me see. Let me try. Let's see. See that? Look. See? 
if someone's at the camera, they could zoom in on that, but they're not. So you could, you could like isolate, right, that one muscle. Here we go, ready? Okay, that's close enough. I don't want to see that. You probably don't want to see that. Okay, and so even if I was 22, you wouldn't want to see that. Okay, and so, um, so praying in other tongues... When I pray in an unknown tongue, Paul said, my spirit prays. In other words, whoa, the second I pray in an unknown tongue, I have just located my spirit. That's where God speaks to me. That's the candle of the Lord. And so um, praying in the spirit will help you um, locate and isolate that voice from other voices, that part of your being from other parts of your being. Like, so I, I isolated this part of my muscle, my, my face muscle, from this muscle and other muscles so that I could just, you know, do that. <laughs> Hopefully kids are watching this too and, you know, uh, they're, they're enjoying this. And so, um, like, I kind of hesitate to say this, but but I will say this. And do we have questions if I want? Okay. Okay. And um, so I, I, when I was in the military, uh, I was um, an intelligence analyst. And so I worked with uh, lots of uh, linguists and other people. And so what the linguists would do is um, they would listen. Uh, they had headsets on. They're tied to a rack. And not Iraq, the country, but Iraq, like Iraq station, okay? And so they'd have these headsets on, and in this ear, they would have three different voices. And in this ear, they would have three other different voices. So they're listening to six voices. And then what they're doing is they're listening. Um, hopefully I'm not messing up my audio by doing that, but anyhow. Uh, they're listening for uh, special words that spies want to hear. <laughs> So they can locate those and then isolate them. Well, then if they found one, what they're going to do is they're going to, through their system they're using, they're going to turn off all the other inputs so they can listen to just the one, right? And so when you pray in an unknown tongue, you're able to isolate, okay, wait a minute, this is where the voice of the Spirit of God to my spirit and through my spirit comes. And when you do that, um, it, it helps immeasurably because uh, you can develop in these things so you're not so distracted by all of the other voices and all of the other things that come. And um, so uh, you want to feed on God's Word, you want to pray in other tongues, and then you want to meditate in the Word of God. In other words, he used the example of the cows with, you know, cows have four stomachs, apparently. And so uh, they would chew it, but then they put it in one stomach and they bring it and they chew it again and they chew it again. And so you feed on the Word of God and you chew it to get all of the nutrients out of it. So it's not just reading the Word alone. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But uh, you develop spiritually uh, by feeding and exercising. So like, uh, you know, my wife's training program, she has to not only exercise, but she has to feed, right? And so if she doesn't feed, the exercising will stop. Right. And so if she uh, feeds and doesn't exercise, well, then then the shape may change, you know. And so so what you want to do is you want to feed and exercise. 
right? And so you feed on the Word of God, but then you put the Word of God into practice. You act on the Word of God. Faith is actually acting on the Word of God. And so um, we feed on the Word of God. We pray in other tongues. That's our, that's our faith in action, but that builds us up on our most holy faith. It doesn't give us faith. It builds us up on it. But that's why I like uh, Amplified says in verse 20 of Jude, it rise like an edifice. In other words, you identify this um, and uh, you're able to understand, wait a minute, this is from my spirit. And so that really helps you to develop in spiritual things. And, um, and someone has asked, can I summarize the points at the end of the teaching? Can I summarize the points at the end of the teaching? Uh, can they give more detail? Oh, go back at the end of the teaching and just summarize? Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Well, um, I think I just did that. Because I, cause <laughs> I was uh, talking about feeding on the Word of God, praying in other tongues, and meditate in God's Word. And so, um, you know, and then uh, the two other ones that I taught on to kind of amplify some of those was uh, locating and isolating your spirit. In other words, you, you really want to locate your spirit uh, because if you're going to get God's kind of results, if you're going to please God, you're going to do it by faith. And um, that's going to come from your heart because with the heart man believes with the mouth, confession is made unto. And so uh, these are matters of the heart, and the heart is the real you. You know, your body at some point is going to pass away or be changed. If, you know, if Christ just comes tomorrow and, you know, meets us, it says uh, you shall not all die, but you'll all be changed. In other words, uh, you'll get a new body. So the body that you see uh, that they zoomed in on, this is not the body that I'll have in heaven. And um, the body that uh, I may see uh, when I see you next time or when I saw you before, that's not the body that you'll have in heaven. And uh, we'll have a heavenly body. Praise the Lord. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we want to locate and isolate the voice of our spirit. And, um, and then we want to act on the word because we believe it in our heart. And, uh, you know, faith comes by hearing in your heart what he is saying in his word to you, right? And so that faith will develop and that faith will grow. And then there's a difference between reading and feeding. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or the rhema of God. And so the other thing that we kind of spent some time on was hearing and attentively listening. And if you would have attentively listened, you would know that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, faith comes by hearing and hearing, you know, hearing and hearing. And um, I can't tell you how many times, you know, you may, you may look to the Word and you, you, you just know there's something in that Scripture that you need. And yet when you read it, it seems so dead and void of life. Well, don't give up. You, you just keep looking into it and looking to the Lord. And, um, you know, it's like praying in other tongues. When you pray in other tongues, your spirit is built up and edified whether you feel like it or not. It, it's built up and edified. Well, reading the Word, there's life in the Word whether you feel like it or not. And um, I can remember years ago, I, I started reading um, a book. With, all it was was a bunch of healing scriptures in the book. 
And um, one of the scriptures was 1 Peter 2.24, uh, by whose stripes you were healed. And, and I read that, and to be honest with you, I really was not interested in reading it. And I thought, that's kind of boring. And, um, but I just, in my heart, I'm like, no, you need to read this. So I'd read it day after day after day after day. Well, honestly, for about five or six days, that thing was boring. <laughs> and then um, about the seventh day, man, something popped, and that thing came alive. And I saw uh, in the Word, in that scripture, things I had never seen before. And um, so um, there is a patience to faith. It's through faith and patience we inherit the promises. And uh, this is not like fast food faith. You know, you just go and give it to me quick and okay, we're done. Now let's go on to the next thing. Oh, no, uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. We live by faith. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's like, you know, if you had a good T-bone steak one time and you say, okay, that's enough. I've had a T-bone steak. No, that's the wrong mentality. You need to have another one. And, you know, my kids had never had a T-bone until about a month ago, and they went on sale, and we said, let's get some T-bones. And so we got T-bones, and they're like, this is wonderful. The next day they said, can we have another T-bone? <laughs> we didn't. And so, um, but we'll have another one, you know, uh, uh, at some point. Well, you feed on the Word of God daily, uh, just like you feed your body daily. That's why I think Paul used some of those examples, because it's real easy to parallel your spiritual life with your natural life. That, um, you know, we feed on the word of God. Jesus said, uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word or every rhema that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so that actually brings you uh, his kind of life and, you know, his very life. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, we're so glad that you did. And um, hopefully that the uh, streaming platform worked this time. Oh, I meant to say that at the beginning, so I'll say that at the end. So if you didn't notice on Sunday, uh, the new streaming platform uh, crashed and didn't work real well. And that was something that uh, we got from uh, Life Church that they give out uh, for any church for free, which was a huge blessing. And, you know, they were very apologetic because they had such a rush of people using it that the system went down. And they even said that um, apparently YouTube and Facebook, uh, there were bandwidth problems uh, all over. And bandwidth is just... Uh, you know, if you think of like a channel or a, a tube for water and you can only handle so much down those pipes. And so uh, because of the churches around the world streaming, uh, the churches slowed the entire Internet down. You know, I, I like that thing that says we have reached the end of the Internet, right? It's, it's kind of funny. Um, and so even I read today uh, that uh, YouTube is no longer streaming anything over HD because they're trying to leave capacity for everybody uh, because so many people are um, working from home and um, uh, streaming as part of their work and different things like that. But on Sunday mornings, uh, it's very high use. And so uh, we believe this week it'll, it'll uh, stay up and uh, we'll be able to utilize the online platform uh, you know, the way it's intended to be used. But I just wanted to let you know, that's why uh, we had those difficulties. We weren't the only church. There were several churches that had those difficulties. And so um, we are doing our best to make sure that uh, we can connect with you and you can connect with us and um, that we'll have all that stuff uh, available to you. So we may be posting uh, a version of the Sunday uh, service early online as well uh, as uh, probably doing a live one just so that if there is a problem, uh, you still have uh, the ability to worship together 
um, without the upload part uh, causing any issues. So uh, we apologize for that, and uh, we are uh, putting uh, lots of time and effort into uh, getting the quality up, keeping it up, and making sure that we can transport that quality right to wherever you're at on whatever device uh, you're viewing this on. So um, let's uh, close out uh, with prayer and uh, let's just uh, stay in agreement um, with uh, the word that uh, we have authority over every sickness and every disease and um, that uh, this thing has to go. All right, let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name above every name, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for Jesus, for the life he lived. We thank you that he took this coronavirus on his own body uh, and that by his stripes we were healed, that he lifted this off of mankind and that uh, we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. And Father, we continue to agree and lift up uh, all of the authorities around the world, the scientists, the healthcare workers, the biologists. Father, that you give them wisdom, insight, know exactly what to do, exactly what medicines help, exactly what medicines hinder, that everything that they do uh, will be to help and aid in people's recovery and healing. And Father, we thank you for the power of your spirit, that this whole thing uh, uh, is an attack of the enemy, that it's not from you, but that we have authority over him and everything uh, that he does. And so we thank you for a quick release in the name of Jesus, a turnaround time that our captivity has been turned uh, as believers, as a nation, and around the world. And Father, I pray right now for, for every person, no matter where they're at, what, whatever country they're in, I pray, Father, that there would be a quickening of the reality of heaven and hell, of the shortness of life, and of um, the weakness of man, and your strength, Father, that every person around the world, that the reality of your life and your love would be made alive to every single one of them. Father, for those searching, Father, that you cause them to come across the seeds of your word that have been planted uh, in media, seeds of your word that have been planted in their hearts by other believers, relationships that they have, Father, that they will return to you and turn to you, that the whole world in every direction, every path would turn towards you. Father, we thank you that you are a God of love and that you are a God of mercy and that you said, whosoever will, let them come. And Father, we pray that if there's anyone watching this that doesn't know you, that they would from their heart turn towards you and said, I will I will to come to God. I will to give up my life for Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for joining us again this week, and we look forward to uh, seeing and hearing from you on Sunday. You can email us at info at anchordc.org if you'd like more information, or if you'd like to pray the prayer of salvation. You know, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In that moment, you will be changed. Uh, faster than you can snap your fingers, uh, you'll be changed. And a new life that comes from God 
will come on the inside of you, and uh, his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. He loves you, and we love you. We'll see you right back here next time. God bless you in Jesus' name.